0: Beyond the Shadow of Doubt Podcast. I'm Megan Skidmore, and I work with LGBTQ families of a conservative faith background who feel their world has turned upside down. Join me each week on my journey to bring the traditionally taboo topic of asking questions and having doubts into mainstream discussion. My goal is to normalize that we all naturally have them as part of the human experience. Today, I share my thoughts on how allowing fear to get in our way of asking questions, Questioning status quo and acknowledging doubts can affect societies as a whole. Thanks for being here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beyond the Shadow of Doubt podcast. I am your host, Megan Skidmore, and this is episode 21, Doubts, Deceptions, and Dachau. I um, wanted to start off by sharing. I recently took an informal survey on Instagram in my stories, asking if folks shared their the questions or the doubts that they have come up openly in their faith congregations. And here's the responses that I got. Um, 14% said yes. 36% replied, uh, depends on the group. 7% opted for the option, thought about it. And then 43% opted for um, Not a chance, not safe. That was my last option. So out of this very scientific survey, note the sarcasm there, um, 86% tend to not share. They don't openly disclose what their doubts are or that they have them in the first place. For me, this begs the question, why are our congregations not safe? And I'm kind of on a mission to change that, to address that. Now on a larger scale, what about asking questions in a more public yet non-religious sphere, like regarding recent topics in the news surrounding anti-trans slash LGBTQ slash drag bills. Why does the ability seem to elude us to discuss topics such as these or the religious ones in a way that feels safe or in a manner with reduced emotion. I'm going to propose it's because the majority of the time, the driving emotion is fear. Fear is appropriate when it's used for what it was intended to protect, either yourself or another. But what if the protection is unnecessary or unmerited? In other words, what is perceived as a threat is actually none at all. It's hard to come to a neutral space to think rationally about a given topic when one is driven by fear. <clears throat> Over this most recent holiday break, I had the opportunity with my family to visit Dachau, Germany, and tour the concentration camp, which is located about 10 miles north of Munich. Um, and I'm taking this quote from the United States Holocaust, Holocaust Memorial Museum, and I'll include the link in the show notes, but they say it was described as the first concentration camp for political prisoners. Initially, the internees were primarily German and communists, social democrats, trade unionists, and other political opponents of the Nazi regime. Over time, other groups were also interred at Dachau, such as Jehovah's Witnesses, Roma, which is gypsies. Amen, asocials, re- repeat criminal offenders. And during the early years, relatively few Jews were interned in Dachau. Um, and then, usually because they belonged to one of the above groups or had completed prison sentences after being convicted for violating the Nuremberg laws. And as we know, the Nuremberg laws were a legal framework for systemic persecution of Jews. However, with time, the number of Jewish prisoners at Daha rose with the increased persecution that they endured. Now, as I walked through the memorial, I learned something that I didn't know previously. These prisoners, quote-unquote prisoners, were sent out into the local towns to work at the factories. So to continue on, quoting, said, during the war, forced labor using concentration camp prisoners became increasingly important to German armament production. Dachau alone had some 140 subcamps, and thousands of prisoners were worked to death. Now some of the prisoners then were sent to work in the factories located right there in Dachau, meaning they left the concentration camp during the daytime and were brought back at night. They look like prisoners. They dress like prisoners. The other workers at the factories, the non-prisoners, knew they were from the concentration camp. Some of these non-prisoners, factory workers, said that they could sense something was off or not right, but they didn't do anything, nor did they say anything. They didn't speak up. Why? I'm going to propose fear again. A dear coaching friend of mine, Miriam Ainsley, recently posted to Instagram, fear is a boundary, and I wholeheartedly agree with this. I believe fear can be healthy or unhealthy. It can keep us safe, like from a hot stove or not driving too fast or too near a cliff. But it can also hold us back or keep us boxed in, we could say, unsafely. For instance, the fear of not belonging or, or blending in or the fear of others' opinions about us or the things that they may or may not say, or the fear of getting kicked out of the group. Perhaps some of these fears took over citizens of 1930s and 40s Germany, and perhaps those fears inhibited them from tapping into their inner wisdom and claiming their God-given sovereignty to guide them to getting to the core of the matter, which was by asking questions like, Why were these individuals deserving of this treatment or imprisonment or were they actually deserving or were these marginalized groups, like I mentioned before, Jehovah's Witnesses, gay men, gypsies, asocials, misfits, and so on, were these marginalized groups really and truly a threat or what is really going on in these situations? History does tell us, history records tell us that some did question, for instance, like those who hid the Frank family in Amsterdam, or four British nurses that voluntarily parachuted into Germany and served at Dachau and incidentally died there too. I didn't know about those four nurses until I toured, um, this, till I made this tour. And, um, there was a plaque hanging in the crematorium honoring their sacrifice. So some did, their, you know, reflect in their actions or their words, you know, the, this type of questioning. However, many did not and even joined in the gross mistreatment. I would like to think that we would all be among the former and not the latter. Right? Um, That's my hope. And I'm sure that it's your hope too, if you're listening. I genuinely don't understand those who question whether the Holocaust really happened. I can't quite put into words, but I felt for those several hours that my family and I walked through the camp, it was sobering. It was heavy. It was dreadful. And I'm grateful that there were those who risked so much to keep records, either visual, written, or or even voice. There were several voice recordings. So that I, and by extension we, all of humanity, can learn from and connect with their sorrow and pain from this not so distant past. Isn't that why we keep records, why we keep our history so that we collectively do not forget atrocities such as these and, and especially do not repeat them. Currently, there's a lot of, as I mentioned previously, anti-LGBTQ+, anti-trans and anti-drag legislation all across the United States, and especially true in the southern states. This is significant enough and, and heavy enough on my heart that I decided to publish this episode and bump the one I had previously previously scheduled for today. In my DMs, I've had mamas expressing that they are scared and that they're losing faith in our nation. One even commented that it feels like 1930s Germany. If you are not fearful for the existence, your existence or that of a loved one, I kindly point out that you have privilege. And please, I implore you, to use that privilege by educating yourself, talk to talking to the families who are affected by these bills, and then listening with your ears and with your heart. And at the very least, make sure you have done your research before making commentary or before making any judgment calls. This is the 21st century and no one needs to live in fear. We have all manner of communication tools and research abilities at our fingertips. It's easy to get online, research from multiple reputable sources. And as I mentioned, talk to families, loved ones, friends and neighbors, be the one to initiate the tough conversations and by so doing contribute to creating safer spaces. Unhealthy fear keeps us locked up. It muddles our thoughts and our questions. I also believe it contributes to self doubt, which can manifest as inaction. Ultimately, the result is we're not advocating for ourselves, for our loved ones, our communities. To advocate means to call to one's aid. Literally, it's from Latin. Uh, Advocare and means to add a voice. So to advocate is to add a voice of support to a cause or person. What higher calling could there be? Christ himself uses the title of advocate. May we seek the divine within each of us through adding this voice of support and calling to another's aid rather than adding a voice that is motivated by fear and misinformation i am one voice <clears throat> however if these words touch even one soul i count that as a success if you are moved now i, I propose now it's up to you to share it with others this is exactly how change occurs I think we, like, we tend to think it, it's accomplished by someone else. Perhaps we, we minimize our ability to <clears throat> evoke change. It happens by each of you, each of us in the daily moments, speaking your heart, sharing what is true for you in your life experience. I wholeheartedly believe this is how we will be able to create more open and safer spaces. I urge you to share this episode with others. And I appreciate so much the time you have taken to be here with me today and to listen. God bless you. And I will include links to all the sources I have referenced um, today. Uh, until next time. Thanks for joining. Learn more about my work at meganskidmorecoaching.com. I would love if you have any questions or comments about this or any episode, if you email me at hello at I'm a proud member of the Dialogue Podcast Network, which is a part of the Dialogue Journal, and you can read more about it at dialoguejournal.com forward slash podcast network. The Dialogue Journal was founded by Eugene England, a Mormon writer, teacher, and scholar, who said, My faith encourages my curiosity and awe. It thrusts me out into a relationship with all creation and encourages me to enter into dialogue. My hope is that my podcast is an extension of this vision.